just this longing we have to be with God and in His presence. We talk about this a lot. I really think that God's wanting to stir a fresh passion for His presence above everything else in the lives of people, and that many times we can choose a version of success apart from His presence, and we get to a place where we realize, oh, there is no success apart from His presence. It's His presence that I was made for. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and guests. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and the special guests that join him. This is what a lot of people don't realize, even people in the church. They were made to be in relationship with God, and anything they're doing outside that to feel fulfilled will ultimately fail, because that's not what they were built for. Pastor Daniel and Pastor Banning will talk about this heart longing everyone has and how to fulfill it. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Banning Liebcher with the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Well, what's happening, everybody? And welcome to the Crazy Happy Podcast with me, Daniel Fusco, a podcast where we explore what is God's plan for our happiness and how is that supposed to play out at street level where we all live? I meet people all the time to say, Fusco, does God want me to be happy? And I always say the same thing. I said, yes, but left up to our own devices, we're going to look for happiness in places that can't be found, not the places that God has for us. So thank you so much for being a part of this community. Thank you for rating it, subscribing to it, talking about it, all the stuff. Thank you all for just being willing to take those steps in a messy world with a real Jesus and taking those steps that God has for you. Now, today I'm super excited because I have a new friend with me and I'm so excited. God kind of placed me and Banning Liebscher, who is the founding pastor and the pastor of Jesus Culture. He's written books. He speaks at conferences and God just placed us together I would normally say randomly, except if you believe in Jesus, you know, there ain't no random in the kingdom of God. There's just God's plan. And so I'm excited to have Banning with me on the program. Banning, what is happening? Man, so good to be with you, Daniel. And I so agree. Unexpected friendships are the best. Just out of nowhere, like, well, hello, nice to meet you. And we're friends now. And we could have been friends our whole life because this is awesome. So yeah, it's great to be with you. I, I love everything that you're doing, man. Seriously, what you're doing is just inspiring. Well, so listen, so for people who don't know, what's funny is like Banning is doing Jesus Culture. And I've been following the ministry and watching what God was doing. And it was totally blown away by it. And then we ended up connecting because we're both on the Faithful app, which if you guys don't yeah. know what the Faithful app is, it's a great app that you get on your phone, all different teachers and leaders from all over the place, curated content. If you're like, man, I'm looking for a purpose, click on purpose. You can hear teachings about it bunch of different friends are on there. And so Banning and I are both on there. And I'm like, oh, cool, Banning's on there. And I'm watching his stuff. And then we go to a meeting and it's like me and Banning are there. And we're like, hey. I was like, I know you from the faithful app. <laughs> and just from there, God has placed us together. So Banning, for people who don't know you or people who maybe know a little bit of your story, give us a little bit of your journey. 
as it relates to kind of landing with Jesus culture, planting the church there in Folsom there in the Sacramento area? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was on staff for years at a church in Reading, Bethel. I was a youth pastor, and then we kind of felt a call. Jesus culture had kind of grown out of that. We were doing conferences and campus stuff and leadership stuff and the whole thing. And and that kind of team, man, we just really felt a strain. I'm a pretty diehard local church guy. I believe deeply in the role of the local church in the life of a believer and the life of a city. And so uh, we just felt a real call to Sacramento. We have a real passion for California. There's a mass exodus out of California right now, people moving. But we just feel real passion for California and really feel that God wants to do something significant here. So we moved to the capital city just right outside in the suburb and planted a church, I guess, coming up on seven years ago now. Been here pastoring and just have a real heart for people and have a real heart for our city and ultimately just want to come alongside and encourage people. Just want to encourage them in the things of God and see them fall deeper in love with Jesus and ultimately his cause in the earth too. So yeah, so I've been senior pastoring with this group. Jesus Culture originally would have been known. We were kind of a youth and young adult ministry conferences for them. And then we started recording our worship and then the worship got pretty big. And then so then people knew us more for the worship than anything else. It was funny when we came down and planned the church, Daniel, because Jesus Culture, we just named everything Jesus Culture. It was like I wrote a book called Jesus Culture, I have a conference called Jesus Culture. I guess we have a worship team called it Jesus Culture. So this band that formed kind of by accident, and we just called it Jesus Culture, that's what most everybody knows. So when we planted the church, some people were so confused why we called it after the name of the band. They're like, why would you call your church the name of the band? It was literally like our church called Jesus Culture Sacramento. They're like, why would you call it Newsboys Sacramento? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I was like, we're not just a band. We just call everything Jesus Culture. So that's where we're at. Here we are. Now, how'd you end up at Bethel? Did you grow up in Reading? Yeah, so here's a crazy. If anybody knows Bethel at all, so many people have moved to be a part of there. But I was born and raised. Before Pastor Bill was there, I was attending the high school youth group. It was a really strong Assembly of God church. And I just encountered the Lord, got on fire for Jesus as a senior in high school in that youth group. Then went away to college, came back to do an internship, got hired, and Bill was there. So yeah, I was born and raised, and, and uh, I came on staff at 19 and was on staff for 18 years. Amazing. And so now you're 24. Yeah, very close. <laughs> very close. I have a 22-year-old, so uh, that's that's got to say something. Yeah. Now, one of the things I love so much about the message that God has kind of implanted in the depths of who you are is really that idea of a passion for God's presence. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. I think it's what we were created for ultimately. Ultimately, we were created for relationship. I mean, just to be connected and to know God. I guess it depends probably on whether you come from charismatic circles or not, how we use this phrase, presence of God sometimes. But just to be in the presence of God is where we are most fulfilled, most alive. And I think there's something about just saying we're going to be a people of his presence above all else. I mean, in his presence is found fullness of joy. Freedom is found in his presence. The story of Moses is an interesting one. Moses spends 40 days on the mountain in the presence of God. And when he comes down and God gets mad at the Israelites because they built, you know, they make this calf. And he says, 
all right, I'm not going to wipe you out, but I'll send you to the promised land with an angel. You'll have victory, success. You'll, you'll, you'll go live in cities. You're going to have milk and honey, but my presence won't go with you. Moses didn't hesitate for a moment. He just said, if your presence doesn't go with us, I'd rather stay in the wilderness with your presence than in the promised land. Because he knew the promised land without the presence wasn't the promised land. He wasn't in pursuit of the promised land. He was in pursuit of the presence of God. And so it was an easy decision for him to make. He goes, well, I'll just stay in the wilderness with your presence, because that's really what my heart longs for. It's what David talks about, just longing for the courts of the Lord and just as the deer pants so much. It's just this longing we have to be with God and in his presence. We talk about this a lot. I really think that God's wanting to stir a fresh passion for his presence above everything else in the lives of people. And that many times we can choose a version of success apart from his presence. And we get to a place where we realize, oh, there is no success apart from his presence. It's his presence that I was made for. And so, yeah, it's just something that we continually just want to encourage people with. And what I love so much, and you talked about your passion for the local church. I always like to tell people that by and large, the church has really three kind of buckets by which it is founded. One is the scriptures, because there's the word of God. And then the second bucket is tradition, where it's like, hey, this is how God moved in different times and different places. And then the third bucket is experiencing God. If you think yeah. about scripture, scripture is the story of people experiencing God. And we read yes. like about yes. Moses, you're talking about David, yes. the New yes. Testament. Like just imagine Levi, who we know is Matthew, when he's like yes. a tax collector, all of a sudden Jesus like rolls in. He's like, hey, yes. follow me. And he's like, well, Okay. And he's like, I'm going to get all my buddies. And Jesus is like, yeah, let's have a party. And Jesus is hanging yeah. out with all the tax collectors. And so like the Bible is full of the story of people experiencing God's presence, or in some cases, God say, Hey, I'm going to withhold my blessing because of issues. So the scriptures yes. are tied to God's presence. And then of course, tradition ends up coming from a group of people experience God's presence in a unique way. And then it becomes a, this is what we do. And so what's yeah. amazing is, is that the word tradition they're all actually driven by God's presence. It becomes very, very powerful. So when you start talking about the presence of God, like I always tell people, if the best we have is watching historical people experience the presence of God and then we don't get to. Yeah. Like we're actually no. getting, we're getting to, to, to try to be nourished off of someone else's food that they've yeah. eaten. Well, this is the thing too. I mean, from my own personal life, I find why I'm alive in his presence. This is what I was created for. But I think as a church, we have to recognize this story of Moses. He says, nothing else separates us. He goes, what else separates us from everybody else? Here's the crazy thing. God had just given him the Ten Commandments. God had just laid out a whole new structure of how to live. They were in the midst of some of the most ungodly, immoral nations. (laughs) The children of Israel had laws that were different. They had principles that were different. They had all that stuff. And yet Moses goes, what separates us from everybody else if it's not your presence? And I think that thing that we just have to go like, it's not our really great planning. It's not our really great programs that separates us. The reality is, as a church, apart from God's presence, we're like every other social club out there that's organized. But we're not a social club because what separates us is the presence of God in our midst. It's Emmanuel. It's God with us that separates us. And I would say this, I think as well, that I have a real recognition that 
we tend to lean sometimes, well, I'll talk as pastors and preachers. We sometimes think that it's our planning, our effort, our sermons that change people's lives. But the reality is, is I've never preached a sermon that changed somebody's life. It's the presence of God. It's the spirit of God that changes people's lives. It's the word of God. So my point is this. Sometimes we get really stressed because we think that somehow a transition didn't go well. That thing I planned wasn't as good as it should have been. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no. But I'm like a really great transition on a Sunday, a really great song we nailed, a really great program I built. Those don't change lives. God's presence changes lives. My life was changed with an encounter with the presence of God, not with a really great program. And all those things are important. You get my point. And I think sometimes we just have to go. I just have this real recognition that like, God, I don't have anything to give people. If you don't come and touch people, if you don't come and change their life, if your presence doesn't come and transform them, I have nothing to give them. My really well-crafted sermon has never changed anybody's life. So I think that there's a real hunger and a stirring as well that needs to happen in us around that issue in the church. So I love what you're saying. And I realize that for everyone who's listening, you're picking this up online, all this stuff. It was in a different spot, but the principle that Banning is giving us is true because how often do we find ourselves frustrated? Like you have some friends coming over and you're like, I'm going to make this dish. But then you go to the grocery store and you can't get the things and you're like, oh, it's going to ruin the party. What you're saying is that actually it's not your dish that you made. It's not, did your presentation at work go well? Did you end up in straight A's on your report card or whatever? But it's really the presence of God that is truly transformational. And no matter where you find yourself, because Jesus said, of course, and lo, I am with you always. Yes. Yes. The end of the age, the Bible says unequivocally that God will never leave us nor forsake us, that he is always everywhere. He is personal. Yes. He's acquainted with all our ways. I always love it when I read in the Bible that God says that I've numbered every hair on your head. And I'm like, and it's talking about the highest of intimacy. I mean, I'm like, I should have been named Esau probably. I got so much hair on my head, you know, it's like, (laughs) so that's how intimate God is. And for each one of us, God is with you right where you are, even if you're not aware of it. Yes, yes. I mean, that's the beauty of what Jesus did on the cross. I remember a guy talking about, a preacher was saying that when the veil was torn, what Jesus did on the cross that tore the veil, a preacher just, it was a simple little thing, but he said, that veil was torn not so that we could get in, so that God could get out. I mean, he's not confined by that, but that he wants to be with us everywhere, that we don't have to go to one location to be with God anymore. God's like, I'm going to be with you everywhere. And I think that that's the thing that driving in my car, sitting in my cubicle, going to bed at night, waking up in the morning, that I just turn my attention to the fact that God is with me. God is with me right now. And I think that that's so much of turning our attentions and our affections toward that reality. That is a reality. God hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. Even sometimes we actually, I'm going to talk about us, We have a song about when you walk into the room, and it's a great worship song, and the principle is valid. But the reality is, is is God didn't walk into the room. He was there. We just became aware of him. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like God was already with us. 
and we just became aware of him. We used the language, ooh, God just walked, you know, that kind of, at least in our charismatic circles we do. I don't know how many are listening that are charismatic or not, but you'll get my point. But it is that thing of like, our job is to become aware of God is with me right now. I'll tell you why this matters. There's a lot, but the Lord really challenged me a while ago that, that anytime I feel discouraged or anytime I feel hopeless, it's because I have... I am believing a lie somewhere. Mm. So hopelessness and discouragement are connected to a lie. And almost always the lie that I believe is that either God is not with me or he's not for me. That God is not with me or not for me. So the Bible says something different. The Bible says that God is with me and that he is for me. But the lie that I believe is that God is not with me or he's not for me. So when I approach my finances and I feel hopeless, I feel discouraged, the lie I'm believing is God is not with me or he's not for me. I call it situational atheism. I am approaching my finances as if God's not with me. And so I feel hopeless and discouraged. Maybe my marriage, I feel hopeless or discouraged in my marriage. It's because I'm viewing it as if God's not with me or not for me. When I view the nation and I feel hopeless and discouraged, when I view my future, when I view whatever. And so I think the awareness of his presence, it really brings that truth that God is with me and that he's for me. He'll never leave me. He'll never be. There's never a situation I'm going to go into that God is not with me. And I think it's important that we live there. Well, so this is really powerful and we can like stop right there. It's like we got the mic drop moment because even as we're recording this, it's kind of the middle of 2021. This episode will post probably in the fall. It's like over the last 20 months, everyone's gotten discouraged, defeated, hopeless people. You know, I was just talking to someone recently and we were just talking about what was going on and they were like, it feels like my house got robbed. Like we've lost an innocence. We feel vulnerable given all that's gone on in the world. And as you're talking, when I feel these things, it's because I'm believing a lie. These are the lies. Unpack a little bit about that, how you and your family, you know, the Jesus culture family is walking through all that stuff. Because I think right now, everybody who's listening is like, yeah, I feel hopeless. Yeah, I feel discouraged. So unpack that a little bit more for us, how that's playing out at street level. Yeah, well, I would say this real quick. We have to be a people that guard our heart above all else. So in other words, the Bible talks about picking up our shield of truth and the buckler. And it's the concept that the arrows that are flying at us are lies. Lies are the, this is the native tongue of the devil. This is his native tongue. He's the father of lies. He's trying to lie to you. And so this is why scripture, this is why you have to hide his word in your heart. You have to fill your life with scripture because it is truth. And so it's the shield against all these lies. But what happens is, and this is what I would encourage and challenge people with, we drop the guard around our heart. And when we drop the guard around our heart, lies begin to find a foothold. And I will just tell you this, if you feel hopeless or if you feel discouraged, there's a lie you're believing. Nowhere in scripture, nowhere does it say it's hopeless for you. (laughs) Nowhere in scripture does it say that. And so I'm believing a lie. Okay, I've dropped the guard around my heart for some reason, and the enemy has found access to plant seeds. 
So one of the practical things just as a community and discipleship that we have to do is go, okay, are we guarding our heart? And one of the ways that we guard our heart, quite frankly, is you need to stay in a place of refreshing or strength. You see this with Elijah. Elijah full on was on the top of the mountain and I mean, believed God. Imagine being in this spot where the entire nation's looking at you, 450 prophets, Bill, all this type of stuff, and you just stand in the truth of God that he's going to respond with fire. I mean, this is a guy that was full of faith. The next day, he's discouraged and believing lies. But here's why I believe, because I think he was worn out. Paint this picture. It's three and a half years of drought. He's on the run. The entire nation blames him for their problems. They're in massive famine because of the drought, and they blame him for it. He's just worn down. And so when he's worn down, and naturally, this is why you have to be so aware in this season. It is a season that has worn us down. We are exhausted from all of the stuff, all the social media, all the news, all the pandemic, all the unrest, all the election, all the, put it all together, all the unknown, all the uncertainty. We're just tired. And so when this happens, we drop the guard around our heart. And when we drop the guard, the enemy finds access that he didn't have before. And we begin to believe lies. And so what I would say is this, even if you look at the story of Elijah, you just have to pay attention. And one of the things I would tell you is first and foremost, do what God gave Elijah. Don't ever underestimate the power of a meal and a nap. I think as believers, sometimes we tend to separate the physical and spiritual. We somehow think they're not connected. But listen to me, if you're tired physically, it absolutely affects you spiritually. You begin to drop the guard. Tired emotionally, tired physically, tired mentally. And so there's just practical things that we're like, listen, make sure that you are physically getting the rest you need because it is absolutely connected to the spiritual realm. The problem is in some of our circles, and listen, I'm a diehard prayer guy and a diehard, I love, like, I believe in fasting and prayer. But sometimes we're like, I'm discouraged. You know what you need to do? You need to get less sleep and you need to eat less food. And sometimes I'm like, no, I think you need to get more sleep and have some really good meals because that's the most spiritual thing you can do right now. And then you just have to be filling your heart with the word of God. But that's practical speaking. Like, guys, it's been a really crazy wearing season to think that somehow this wouldn't be where the enemy starts to try to gain access in your life because you've dropped the guard in your heart. Don't drop the guard in your marriage. Don't drop it in your walk with God. Don't do, you know, because of this time. Does that make sense, Daniel? Oh, it makes total sense. And just so you know, you're not rambling at all. You're just spitting fire <laughs> right now. Because listen, when, when you think about what we've all gone through, I always think of the acronym HALT that people who've gone through 12 steps learn about that really temptation is challenging when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Yeah. Jesus is Pastor Daniel and Pastor Banning had some amazing things to share. Lots of people in the church, let alone outside of it, have had a hard time dealing with things like forced isolation and the uncertainty that all brings. 
It's great to be reminded of God's love and His grace. His desire to know and to be known by everybody is something that should be internalized and then shared with everyone you know. We'll have a preview of next week's episode in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and author and journalist Billy Hallowell. Each week you'll hear discussion on important topics that affect your life now. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get notified each time we post a new edition of the show. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Now, here's Josh. Next time, Pastor Daniel will continue his interview with Pastor Banning Liebcher of Jesus Culture. You'll hear more about how ultimately a relationship with Jesus is what people are looking for. You'll also hear them discuss the reasons for the weakness of many followers of Jesus and the solution to that weakness that Pastor Banning says the Bible offers. Expect to be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this conversation. Well, that's all the time we have for this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today and be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.